Hey, it's Patrick. Before we start, at the time of this recording, we went through a bit of a name rebranding from Rick Center to Altitude Accelerator. With that in mind, we hope you enjoy the following interview. Welcome to the Startups Transform podcast. I'm Patrick McGuire, your host, board member and advisor at Altitude Accelerator, where we help startups scale to new heights. We chat with phenomenal tech business leaders who've climbed their way to success within their industry. Our guests delve deep into the lessons they've learned along the way so that you can get a head start on your next big idea. My friend on this call today is going to talk about his company, AOMS. And AOMS Tech is pretty cool doing end-to-end IoT services or sensing solutions that combine the most cutting-edge hardware as well as software and connectivity technologies, which is pretty cool because it allows them to expand the bounds of innovation among the industries. And we'll talk about what industries they're into these days, but their solutions are designed to collect data and assets and really the processes and generate the insights for critical decision-making for companies. So before I go too far, I'm going to get this guy to say it because he says it better than me. I want to introduce you and I want to say thank you very much to my friend, Amir Zahari. Amir, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, pal? Thank you so much for the time and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. So I kind of gave a political version, the correct statement from the website, but you tell me what you're really doing with AOMS. Yes, industrial IoT is a new concept, it's a new idea, it's a new trend in the industry. So we have been using sensors here and there, you know, in our houses for smart home applications or in the offices, you see that there are some wireless sensors there. But the idea behind what we are offering today is to develop ruggedized wireless sensing technologies that can help with monitoring the assets, the processes, to monitor the conditions at the job site, to help industries enhance the efficiency, productivity uh, at their job site, to have predictive maintenance or better maintenance, optimized permanence at their job site on their assets, and in general, to give them remote visibility into their job site. Also, safety becomes an important factor here that you don't want to be always close to your asset. You don't want to be always close to the job site. You want to be able to remotely have visibility and all the knowledge and information that you need about your asset. So that's what we are trying to do today. And we are offering a full platform that can help industries have a unified visibility and control onto their projects and their assets. Unified approach. That is that is awesome. Giving them insights into what they're doing and how good they could be and maybe make it better, right? Absolutely. So I'll ask you more as we go, but I'm going to read this one because you guys have done some good stuff. You've been selected as a top two innovative companies in Nokia Innovation Challenge in 2018. That is huge. You got a partnership with PCL. For anyone that doesn't know it, just Google PCL. They got a little bit of a big empire going on. You got some support from FedDev you know, in Canada here, and you're recognized as a a leading market player. Tell me a little bit about the Nokia Innovation Challenge that you guys were uh, selected as top two. Yeah, it was back in 2018 that we were shortlisted by Nokia for a challenge, for an innovation challenge that they had. And uh, so you know that Nokia is very actively engaged into development of the 5G network. Nokia is well known for being a successful company in supporting and bringing innovative connectivity platforms. 
and they are also very much actively working on 5G and making 5G a reality for industrial applications in particular. So we're selected as one of the companies that can be an enabler of 5G and with our fiber optic sensing technology. I did my PhD on fiber optics and we had a few patents on that. And one of the interesting concepts about fiber optics that is used in industrial application is the capability of collecting the data at a very high frequency. As an example, in the steel industry, you want to monitor the solidification of the liquid metal and that process requires close to 5 kilohertz of data collection. I mean, 5,000 samples wow. and data points per second you're collecting. And then remotely, you can control and adjust the casting conditions to minimize the defects of the complex part. So if you want to do this sort of remote control and remote analysis, the question is not just about the data collection, but also about how to bring it to the cloud. So merging and marrying basically 5G with these advanced monitoring and sensing technologies would enable the remote connectivity, would enable the remote control and predictive maintenance, and again, improving the efficiency and productivity. So that's why, I mean, by Nokia, we were selected as one of the top two companies that can be an enabler of 5G in the industry. That is pretty cool. I mean, when you've got a company like AOMS that says, we can help one of the biggest brands of technology in the world, and they're saying, we need your help, that's bragging rights, my friend. You've done a great <laughs> job. <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your PCL partnership? What's going on there? What are you guys doing, or how did it come around? Yeah, that's, uh, th th that was very, very exciting when we had this opportunity to partner up with PCL. So construction industry has been a bit behind adopting the new technologies. Construction is a huge market. It was recently announced by President Biden that uh, we are, are going to spend more than $2 trillion into construction and the infrastructure type of projects. So it's a huge investment. But the problem with construction is that they have not been very agile in adopting new technologies. And in particular, what happened during the COVID, construction industry realized that they really need to think, think about digitizing their job sites, providing uh, technologies that can help with advancing their schedule and kind of minimizing the commute to the job site. So PCL is one of the pioneers in this sector, and they are, have been very much actively working on developing an ecosystem to digitize their job site. And we were selecting as one of the main partners for their platform called JSI. But in general, it's not just about PCL. I have seen this trend in many general contractors and all the top five, 10 general contractors in North America. We are having conversation with them today that how we can build a platform together to help them, again, optimize their schedule, optimize their processes in place. For the, again, construction job site is a very crowded space. Yeah. And if you don't have a proper process in place and optimized process in place to manage them, you might be losing time. You might be losing, you might, you might be wasting some time, some energy that could be optimized. So again, the idea is to having a digitized construction job site. That's the idea. And that's that partnership with PCL happened. And this is how we have similar conversations with other general contractors. And I'm, I'm quite excited about this because it seems that construction is having a very good understanding today of the needs. And they understand that probably they have to change the way that they have been doing things for more than 100 years. That, that's the idea here. I love that you're on the cutting edge of helping them change the way they think about what they're doing. And, and you know, I, I heard this just so everybody hears it. I heard Amir call it out and he didn't quite say it this way, but I will. Time is money. 
and they're they're losing time, they're wasting time. That was your words exactly, and it's so true. And that is money to business. And when you help them optimize either their schedule or their site plans, their activities, what who has to be where and when and what they're doing, and their equipment, that's phenomenal. I mean, the day of construction just being a bunch of sledgehammers and and poles and, and nails is, is gone. Technology is everywhere and you guys are leading that charge for them. So I think it's really cool. I'm going to change the way we do this a little bit and have this conversation. But, you know, first of all, who, who was your primary audience when you came up with this idea for AOMS? And has it changed or who's your primary audience today? Who's your target that you try and work with? Wow. So <laughs> we have had a long journey to get to where we are today. We have done many pivots. Probably one of the reasons for the success in our company is our flexibility to adapt to the new conditions or situations that happen in the market. So what had happened is that when we started the company, it was all based on fiber optic sensing technology. I mean, the core technology was on fiber optic and we were targeting oil and gas. But uh, if you remember, it was back in 2014 and 15 that the oil price dropped significantly we had lots of challenges in the industry. And so we realized that we have spent two years of our time developing something for an industry that is in trouble. So what is going to be the adoption rate? How the market penetration is going to look like? I mean, it was difficult times for everyone. What happened is that we didn't give up. We said that why only oil and gas? There could be other opportunities for this fantastic technology and offering. And one of the big lessons that we learned is that you shouldn't just give up. You shouldn't just get disappointed at yourself and say that, you know what, I, I, I don't know what, what, what else I can do. You really need to refresh your mind, refresh your energy, refresh your passion, and think about the other opportunities. I mean, the sky is the limit for the opportunities in the world and for a good technology and for a good product. So that's the time that we started pitching our solution to environmental sector for a very interesting application uh, for thermal remediation projects. These are tens of million dollars of projects that are happening, and they are about cleaning up the soil that are contaminated by chemicals or hydrocarbon chemicals. So we have started doing that. And why only limit ourselves to fiber optic? There are tons of other opportunities that with this mindset and with this roadmap that we have in place, we can capture it. So then we started thinking about development of our wireless network, a network of our digital sensors, wireless sensors. We have the legacy from the fiber optic to make them ruggedized and make them used in the industrial applications for the concept of industrial IoT. So then after that, we started basically building our platform for construction. So now our audience has changed a bit from oil and gas initially, now into environmental and now into construction. But we see a great opportunity in the construction industry. So our main audience today, I would say that uh, most of the general contractors, engineering companies that are all trying hard to optimize the, uh, the basically the efficiency in this industry, they're, they're all audience today. That is great. I mean, it's, it's nice to know that you're not locked in, that entrepreneurs everywhere listening can pivot. And in fact, they probably should pivot two, three, four, multiple times, whether it's the technology or whether it's the industry or whether it's the application. It's really nice and refreshing to hear you say that, Amir, that, hey, look, we picked one. We realized that they might not be the future in the oil and gas category. So we then looked at how else can we apply our technology and then enhance it after that. And you guys are great innovators. You've always been agile. You've been outspoken about it. I mean, I've been with Rick as a board member since 2014. So I've sort of seen you guys grow up and grow out. 
And um, being able to pivot and be agile is really important to entrepreneurs today. Thinking back, you know, what's something that perhaps happened early on in your life or early on in the business that impacts the way you work today? What was something that you would say is a very solidifying, important piece of your life that happened then that changed the way you do things? I always had passion to work for the industry. After I graduated in my master's, for my master's degree, I, I was working for a couple of years in the industry, and then I got a scholarship from the University of Waterloo to do my PhD. And then I would say that the turning point in my life was the time that I met with my partners, Hamid and Richard. We were in the same research group at the University of Waterloo, and then all three of us had a very similar mindset about building a business together, commercialize technology and bringing new technologies to the industry and making efficiencies, enhancing efficiencies in the industry. So that is very unique. I would say that was the biggest turning point in my life that I was able to find two great partners. We have gone with each other through lots of ups and downs. I mean, it has not been easy. I had lots of hair. I have lost everything. <laughs> but again, I mean, running a business, being an entrepreneur is not easy. You are not picking an easy life if you want to do it, but it is a very exciting journey that you can have. And if you want to be successful in this journey, you need to have the right team and the right partners. And I was very, very lucky to have the right partners to run this company today. So probably, yeah, to simply and shortly answer your question, I will say that the big turning point was the time that I met with my partners at the university. That's fantastic. And you heard it here from Amir that being an entrepreneur is not easy. And you might have had hair before, maybe you won't have it when you're done, I don't know. But the more important thing I think I pull out of that one is, yes, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier when you have the right partners and, and they're your friends and partners, which is fantastic because we know things aren't always easy and you got to have really good people around you to just to boost you when you're in trouble. And when they're in trouble, you boost them and you come together. It's the synergy of the three twines that are threaded together that are stronger than one, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I sometimes get invited for talks here and there. And, you know, when I'm talking to the entrepreneurs, this is, this is really a big piece of advice here that I want to give to everyone is that if you want to start a business, if you have an idea, the best idea in the world, and if you have the best market opportunity here, there you would still have difficulty if you do not have the right team. So I would say that if you have the right team, if you have the best partners, if you have the best team, the people that you can work with, the mindsets are aligned, you can also turn a wrench into a very successful product, a simple wrench. You can do that. If you have the best product in the world and you don't have the right team, you cannot execute it, then you will be in trouble. So I'll say that whenever you want to start a business for yourself, that idea and product is important, but make sure that you pick the right partners for yourself. I love that. I do love it. It's important to have the right partners. I think it's great. I mean, we talked a little bit about how oil and gas, it dropped in the price. And that was one of the things you brought up and you made those pivots. Thinking back, how did you guys from Waterloo bump into or get introduced or become part of Rick Center? That's a very good question. So uh, when we started the company in Waterloo, I mean, in Waterloo, much of the focus, I would say, in those days were on uh, software and biotech companies. And we were kind of hardware company because we were building advanced sensing technologies and IoT platforms for the industry. So, I mean, finding the right incubator that is designed to support your line of thought, your line of business is very important. 
The RIG Center was an excellent fit. I mean, it was a center that was particularly designed to help and support hardware type of businesses like us. So I had the opportunity to go to the RIG Center, although I was still doing my PhD at the University of Waterloo. But I went to Mississauga a few times to, to pitch our idea to their team. And they finally got convinced that we have a fantastic idea and we have a fantastic technology in place. Handbanks. She was fantastic in directing and managing Rick Center, but also I want to bring up the name of James, James Esprola. For sure. Uh, James, yeah, James was, uh, was an EIR at, uh, at Rick Center, and uh, he helped us a lot, I mean, in uh, basically doing all these pivots and preparing the business uh, plans. He also helped us in landing our first customer, so it was very helpful. And I want to bring up another name here from IRAP. Mr. Tomer Ramahi, he also very much helped us, but I will say that James was very supportive and his advice, his comments, his guidance was very important to us. So, And then also through the RIG Center and the helps from James, we were able to raise our first round. We are very proud to Fantastic. have the first round of financing from Green Sky Capital. Uh, Green Sky is a, is a fantastic uh, venture capital. We have had the honor of working with them very supportive. But uh, in order to get introduced to Green Sky, it was James and Pam who helped us a lot to make that happen. So making the first jump, you know, in our, uh, in, in our business, I would say that it was James and Pam that uh, they had a significant role in it. I like that. And it's good to hear, obviously, you know, knowing that we can work with lots of different groups. Entrepreneurs, don't get pigeonholed just because you're working with one group doesn't mean you can't find help from someone that's in IRAP. And don't look at one round of funding that may be successful or not, or you have a preconceived notion of who your funding partners are going to be because you just don't know when and where it's coming from. You know, this one came from an EIR. For anyone listening, EIR is uh, entrepreneur in residence, which means they're helping the real grassroots entrepreneurs make their dreams come to life. And that's pretty, pretty cool stuff when someone says, I want to volunteer or take a really low pay, and I want to be an EIR to help other people succeed. Oftentimes, that's because they've had success and it's been from their experience and they're giving back. We believe in this community of entrepreneurship. We all have this weird DNA that's in us that makes us brothers and sisters, although we may have no blood relation at all. Entrepreneurship is one weird, eccentric family, if you will. And I would say that about the Rick Center. I mean, you know, I, I've been there for a long time, but I noticed that it's an open collaborative situation that the residents, uh, such as yourself, you were a tenant for a while. You guys chatted with other groups and collaboratively came up with other ideas and things like that. And you've been involved actually with our board. And it's really, really nice to know that entrepreneurs will always step in and help other entrepreneurs. Um, so thank you for helping us as well. Um, you know, when you talked about the pivots, was it one person or was it a situation or did all the founders realize that we should pivot? How did that decision come around and, and who made that? We incorporated our company in 2014, but unofficially we started working on the product back in 2013. And actually we received the support from OCE. I mean, I should bring up their name too. I mean, they have been very, very supportive of our startup. So I'm very grateful for their help and support. But in, in about a year and a half or two years, we finalized our prototyping and our minimum viable product was ready for field trial. So in summer 2015, I went to the Global Petroleum Show in Calgary. And uh, so I was trying to talk to different people and talk about the idea that we have using fiber optic sensing technology for downhole monitoring. 
So that time, I didn't have that much of success. Again, everyone was talking about the oil price. I had the opportunity to meet with, with Tomer, with Tomer Ramahi from IRAP. And he sat with me. He was very, very friendly, very nice person. And he said that, you know, that's great. Oil and gas is fantastic. But I know someone that might be of need of your product and technology. So then he introduced me to a company in Calgary, Macmillan McGee Corporation, and they are doing big thermal remediation projects. So uh, we pitched the idea to the president of the company, and he said that that's exactly what I'm looking for. It's going to solve all the problems that I have in my huge projects that I do in, in the U.S., in Europe, everywhere in the world. I brought the idea back. I talked to my co-founders and my partners, and they said, fantastic, it cannot be better than this. And so we also talked to Pam and we talked to James about this, and then we kind of optimized our business model that how we can work with them in a way that the pricing would also match our client's budget. I mean, everyone had a, had a role in it. I mean, everyone helped to come to this idea of pivoting and then providing the solution for another market that helped us to be where we are at today. When I think about it, it more looks like a miracle, but I, I don't want to say it was a miracle. It comes from the effort, from the perseverance. It comes from the, if you put a passion in it. For three days, I was running in the Global Petroleum Show, and I was, I don't know, I talked to more than 50, 100 people. It was at the end of day three that I met with Tomer. Said that, you know what? That's the right way to do this. And so that's amazing. It was like a miracle, but I would I wouldn't call it a miracle. I'll say that it's the result of putting your efforts and perseverance into it. Yeah, I hear a lot of people sort of talk about the miracle or luck. And oftentimes I'll remind them that it's when hard work and opportunity come together at the right time. Exactly. You guys have pivoted when needed and you're relentless. Let's be honest, you're relentless. If one industry just because the price of oil is going down. That's not going to stop you guys. Pivot and keep going, right? Um, we talked a bit in the past about your prototyping and you know how you started in 2013, kind of working on prototyping ideas, the business model a little bit. Then 2014, it got a little more structure and official because you, you inked the company. <laughs> and uh, 2015, you started pitching. If you look back on that, would you have done anything different? I mean, starting with a prototype first versus the market research or connections or relationships. Tell me, what would you do differently? A big lesson that we learned is that when you want to start a business, it happens when you have a great product. You think, oh, wow, I have a fantastic idea and I think that I can make a great product out of it. Okay, let me go. Uh, I mean, give me two years, give me $500,000, I'm going to make it. But then what? You don't think about what happens after two years when the product is ready. So that was a that was one of the mistakes that we made is that initially when we started developing a product, we did not do proper market research on what is the trend in the industry. Probably we could have seen it in 2013, 14, that the oil market, oil and gas market is not doing well and everything is changing as a commodity market. So we should, we should have been cautious about this, but we were just in our laps, head down and just, you know, working on the prototype. So, I would say that after you find a, your right team, you have to do a market research before you start working on developing your product. You have to understand the product market fit. You have to understand the market needs because it doesn't make sense when you spend too much of your time, your energy on building a product, testing it, and then you realize that there is no one in need of that product in the market. Mm. It's going to turn really bad. So my strong suggestion is that before you spend any time on developing anything, Think about it. 
is there anyone out there who would be willing to purchase it, who would be willing to cut the check for it, who would be happy, it would bring a smile to their face. I was talking to a client yesterday and he said that, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm using your product. And he was, he was always smiling. I mean, he has purchased my product. He said that the best thing in the world is to see the smile on the face of your clients. That's the time that you feel that you have done something right. And they say that we love your product. We love working with your team. Everything is great. And they are paying money, but, but they're happy, but they're happy. So that's exactly what you need to think about before you start doing a business or developing a product. I'm going to repeat that. Okay. I got to do it because the best thing in the world is seeing the smile on the face of your clients. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, on a side note, my daughter has her own baking business and she started up during the COVID lockdown last spring and or summer. And, and one of the things she loves doing is making sure she's always around, even if it's a pickup or a drop off, she wants to see the smile on people's faces. This is a, a young teenager. And, you know, I feel the same way when I see clients or, or even now when I'm seeing your smile and knowing when you did something that makes somebody feel good or happy, even if they're paying you, which is funny as heck, because they're paying you and they're happy to give you their money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I like it. So I think, um, I mean, I, I would have asked you, what would you tell yourself, your past self, your former self, your younger, full of hair entrepreneur, what would you have told yourself back then? What are three things you would have said to young Amir? Uh, so I would say that be positive. The future is bright. Try hard. Patience is the virtue and hard work pays. I like it. I like it. I definitely have to agree with you. Be patient. Work it through. You guys were patient. You kept pivoting when you needed to. And, and that's not easy. A lot of people try and bulldoze it in or just quit, right? And I really like that. What's going on for the company? What's the future? What's got you excited? I mean, oil and gas was exciting in 2013, but by 2014, eh. What's got you guys excited now besides I know you're doing construction and you're doing fiber optics and you're still doing oil and gas, but what's got you excited for the future of AOMS? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about our future. I mean, I think we are doing all the right things that we need to do. Uh, the mindset is there. I mean, the, the value proposition, what we are doing is there because what is happening right now is that there are big general contractors. There are huge construction companies that they are reaching out to us rather than we reach out to them. They'll tell us, like, guys, what is it that you can offer to help me build a platform to digitize my job site, to digitize my process? And this is fantastic. You would not imagine something to happen like even five years ago or four years ago. This is a new trend. And industry is, a, is very understanding of the needs of the technology. So now that we have positioned ourselves as a leader in the industry to digitize the construction job site and provide a platform for remote visibility of the job site, enhancing the quality, efficiency, and productivity at the job site with these monitoring platforms. I think that uh, these partnerships that are happening with our company right now is going to make us, uh, you're going to hear more about our company very soon. So that, that, that I can tell. Yeah. Well, I would say that uh, in the construction industry, you guys will end up being a household name. And I look forward to it when you guys are a household name in everybody's minds. Uh, it's going to come. I don't doubt it because the way we're working now, the services industry is growing. And whether it's services for pulling fiber optics or running new oil and gas lines or building new buildings, they need technology. They need experts like you to say, there's a better way to do it. 
I'll think back to something I know is I saw firsthand Caterpillar starting to put little boxes on the side of their equipment. You know, and I was like, that's interesting. And then they started, instead of just selling you a machine, they were actually renting the hours of a machine, even though it stayed on your construction site full time. It was the hours that were put into it, but that back then it really was kind of a rudimentary IoT. This is 2012 and 13, really. And it was really reporting back. When is this machine going to break down? And when should I fix it so I can keep you working and paying me to use my hours on my machine? And that was a very different world. And I know it's not quite exactly what you're doing, but that's the amazing thing that this world is coming to. It's not just that hammer, but it's how much you use a tool. How much a job site is optimized? How can you see, you know, well, how can you see that oil and gas is doing its thing and doing it well? Yeah, it's all about the optimization of cash flow, right? Absolutely. First of all, the vendor has a product at the job site that know, you know, on an hourly basis it can generate revenue. And the end user would know that, okay, I just pay as you go, right? You just pay per use. So it's very fair and it's a very win-win relationship. So this is the new trend in the industry. I mean, and it makes sense for everyone. Yeah, it's really changing. I love that you're on the cutting edge of it. So, you know, obviously you're a good guy. You love to talk. You love to help other people. You love to share your knowledge and advice, especially when it comes to AOMS and your technology and things, but also other entrepreneurs. You know, I'll tell you, this guy got our board talking. We invited him in for a session, him and his partner, and, and we sort of stretched our minds a little bit, which was really cool to have one of our clients be part of our internal meetings. And uh, we had them in for a couple of sessions and really, really well prepared and great knowledge and advice for us as well, which reminds me to remind entrepreneurs, always be listening to your customers, your clients, and your partners or board members. But before we sign off, since I've told them how good of a guy you are, how do we best find AOMS, find you? If somebody wants to reach out to you, as you said, big companies are coming to you now for advice to your company, to AOMS. How do they find you? What's the best way to get in touch with you and the, and the team? I'm, I'm a very active user on LinkedIn. So probably that's the best platform to, to reach out and to connect. All right, folks. So it's Amir Azahari, and that's A-Z-A-H-A-R-I. Find them on LinkedIn. Visit their website, aoms-tech.com. Uh, kind of cool, actually. They got some really neat things. Like they've got a little pop-up sort of saying where they're doing work. Not officially doing exactly where they're doing work, but it's it's how their technology can work in your business. That's one of the very first things on the top of their website that you know just makes you go, yeah, technology could be everywhere. So Amir, before we sign off and say bye and, and thank you so much from Rick, I want to ask you something. Given the chance to do it again, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, whatever it is, if you were given the chance to start all over to be an entrepreneur, no matter what the industry, would you do it again? 100%. 100%. I don't doubt that. I agree. I think the same way. I'm a diseased entrepreneur, much like yourself. And once you got it in you, you got it in you and you just won't quit. So many entrepreneurs will say that. Yep, 100%. No problem. There's a few that hesitate and go, maybe, but probably not. And the minute you give them an opportunity, they're all in. So <laughs> I can tell you, Amir is one of those guys that's all in. I am. And it's so fun. I mean, the opportunity to be able to work for yourself, to build something for yourself, and the opportunity that you can create jobs, you know, with, with I mean, that, that's also the other thing. You can have the opportunity to bring people that can, I mean, with, with the idea, with the mindset that you had, with the product that you have put together, with the business that you have built, 
with the company you have built, you can also create jobs for so many people. And then every person in the company, it means that you're supporting at least two to three people in their family too. So that's also a great, I mean, a great feeling to have that you, you, you are doing something. There is a legacy that you can talk about with your children. I like that. I mean, you know, when you think about that, you're helping support a person, but you're actually supporting two to three people, a family. That's phenomenal. And it's a great feeling. And, and I'm very proud of what you guys have done. Rick Center is very proud of what you've done. We keep seeing great things for you guys. You have a great plan for yourselves. You see some really massive growth. I know some of the stuff you're talking about and what's coming. And I think a lot of people are going to be really amazed. So, Amir, on behalf of Rick Center, Startups Transform podcast, you know, I want to say thank you very much, my friend. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And I look forward to hearing more of your success stories in the near future. Thank you so much, Patrick. Pleasure was mine. It was a great time just walking through all the memories I had from day one. It was fantastic. Thank you. Well, I just say thank you very much with our good friend Amir from AOMS Technologies, doing great things, changing the way construction, oil and gas, and even the fiber industry are changing, fiber optics that is. We're real excited. We want to say thank you to all of you, and hopefully you enjoyed this time with Startups Transform. Have yourself a great day. Thank you so much, Amir. Take care, my friend. Thank you for joining us on Startups Transform podcast. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the conversation, a rating or review goes a long way. Recommend the show to a friend. Find us at altitudeaccelerator.com where we can help you begin your startup journey with access to our workshops, advisors, and mentorship opportunities. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. 